Welcome to the To Faithful Men podcast. This project started in 2006 to preserve old sermon and study tapes of Wiley Flanagan, Hassel Wallace, and Mike Strevel. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. section about primitive Baptists. They were highlighting uh, a particular church in the area down there, and we shall, we shall hope that um, they, they gave just kind of a short version of all that was said, but uh, in it, the statement was made that 
Primitive Baptists don't believe in sending out missionaries. And it broke my heart for a number of reasons. Number one, that's just not true. We believe in sending out missionaries. We just believe in doing it in the biblical way. We believe in doing it the way it's done in the book of Acts. Thirteenth chapter, we have a perfect example of, of uh, a church sending out missionaries. Missionary just ones who go on a mission to preach. And um, our forefathers believed in evangelism. They believed in the Great Commission. And we can quibble over to whom it was given all we want to. Um, but the fact remains, uh, the Great Commission is not a prophecy to be fulfilled. It is a commandment to be obeyed. And Jesus gave the commandment to his people for all time, till the end of the world. And you see, that's why what's happening in, in the Philippines and what's happening in, in India and Africa is a great blessing. Because once again, God has opened the door to our people to carry the gospel, the true gospel, into all the world. I was just so impressed with a little tract that Brother Chris Brown brought on this trip. And uh, came from that bunch down there in Pensacola, Florida. Good, good bunch of folks down there. Never met them, but they put out some good literature. Said five, five facts that every Christian should know. And they went through the five things in Romans 8, 29 and 30. And there are not many Christians who know those facts. And God has blessed, has blessed us. Those of us who have actually gone and, and those who have done as Brother Zach has said, our fellow helpers in the gospel who prayed for us, given money, encouraged all the things that they've done. We're carrying the good news of what God has done into all the world. And it's a great opportunity that God has given. <clears throat> um, this, this, la this last trip that we took, my third trip to Kenya, uh, was, was, the best, was the best one that I've been on. Um, not just because I enjoyed the company, although I enjoyed the company. Brother Justin, Brother Chris, they were great traveling companions. Uh, they were, they were thoroughly entertaining. <laughs> I told them this was by far the most entertaining trip I'd ever been on. Uh, and, and, uh, their, their love and zeal for the Lord, Brother Justin just, man, he hit the ground running. I just praise God for that. He, his preaching came in power and the people responded and, and, uh, it was a great blessing to me to see Brother Justin, uh, just fit in so, so well there and, Brother Chris was the real hero of the journey. He, he, this, this shows you, he, Brother Chris is not a preacher. He's not even a deacon yet. I bet he will be someday, but, um, he, he spent, he spent $800 and bought 500 Bibles and carried them to Africa. You know, you might think Bibles, you know, you got a dozen of them lying around your house, but there's a lot of people over there who, who have never owned a Bible. People, Christians who've never owned the Bible. There are people who are preaching. And you can imagine what a mess that is. Preaching who, who don't have access to, to the whole, the whole Bible, the whole Word of God. Uh, let me tell you, let me show you some how important the Word of God is. Um, I was talking to a young preacher, good, good young man. I, I think he's going to make a great old Baptist preacher someday. Um, but the, the ignorance is just profound. It's, it's, it's just profound. 
we were we were sitting in the car one day talking and and something came up. I don't remember exactly how it came up. He said, "Well, you know, you gotta you gotta be married to go to heaven." And I thought, "Okay, wait a minute. I, 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 we got a language problem. I missed something here." And I said, uh, what, "What was that now?" He said, "Well, the Bible the Bible teaches that, that you, you got to be married in the kingdom of heaven." And I said, "Benjamin, where, where did you get such an idea?" Oh, he said, "Some preacher told me." I said, I said, that is not in the Bible. He said, it's not. No, it's, that's not in the Bible. There's nothing even close to that in the Bible. Jesus wasn't married. The Apostle Paul wasn't married. You know, there's, there's nothing in the So you see how important just the Bible is to carry, to carry the Word of God. So Chris was a great, a great uh, uh, addition to, to our, our group there. But the reason that this isn't the best trip is... Um, I, I'll just be honest with you. My people at Ripley know this is true. Uh, I, I've, I feel like God has called, called me to that work. Um, but there's a certain amount of dread in it. There's nothing pleasant about getting on an airplane, sitting for 24 hours and going to Africa and coming back. And somebody moved to Africa this time because it's farther than it was the last time. Uh, it's just... There's just nothing pleasant about that, and and I was I was looking forward to this trip and dreading it at the same time. Uh, just you know, I hate that my flesh is so weak. But um, you know, I reported last last year at this meeting about the hitches we ran into in kind of the last minute, you know, and and some doctrinal issues that surfaced that you know we just we just knew had to be ironed out and dealt with before we could could really press on with uh, with the work. And, uh, of course, Brother Jeff and Brother Nathan were in, uh, Kenya in August and, and did a great work there, uh, at that time. And, and, uh, so this time we, we came and, and the Lord just, the Lord just opened up the doors. Uh, and, uh, there's one, there was already one ordained preacher there in, uh, minister in Nairobi, Brother Walter Sango. Um, Brother Jeff and Brother Nathan ordained him last August. And, uh, Brother Justin and I and Brother Walter ordained Brother David Mullaly to the full work of the gospel ministry this time. And what we found this time was, was a, uh, was a, was a solid group of people in Nairobi, a solid group of people in, in Bungoma and Kenya. It's up near the border of Uganda and Kenya. And, uh, it's like Brother Zach said, we felt like we got to know the people in just a real special way. The two preachers from Nairobi went, spent the whole week with us in Bungoma. Um, so we really got to know them well, and the uh, the work was begun largely through a correspondence with this brother David Malele and brother Elder Jerry Hunt Sr. They carried on this con- this uh, correspondence uh, by mail for some time, and and he he said I I, I want to be a primitive Baptist. Somebody come over and, and teach us the truths of of what you believe. We want to we want to identify with this, and and so we made the first trip over there. Um, in uh, April of last year, we went back in December of last year. Brother Nathan and Brother Jeff were over there in August of this year. And then we went in December of this year. It's the fourth trip that our people have made, my third trip. And uh, I, I just saw things solidifying. I saw things falling into place. I saw men growing in, in the knowledge of the truth. I saw congregations that were being uh, established in, in the faith and Especially encouraging in, in Nairobi, and I've got a picture that every old Baptist ought to see. And you know, a picture just can't convey 
really, you walk through the slums there of Nairobi, past the open sewers and the and the the shanties, and and you turn this corner, and here's this sign. It says <clears throat> Nairobi Primitive Baptist Church, hanging over this tin shed, and uh, we went and had worship there on that Sunday morning, and and a little probably about a 10 or 12 by 20 20 shanty everybody couldn't get inside the the little place people were sitting out in the in the little alley there right beside the the place where they commonly meet um but there are brothers and our sisters there they are people who are old baptists who love the truth that, that we preach and and uh they're not just pushovers you know, when when we talk about things they're not accustomed to, there's been a lot of, as we've said before, Pentecostal influences, and and um, and we've we've really had to struggle with some of the issues on that. The the tongues thing was, that's not quite the the main focal point of the issue. Just kind of the oneness Pentecostalism, the denial of the Trinity. That's been kind of the big doctrinal uh, difficulty to to over overcome, but. Uh, I praise the Lord that, that through sound teaching and, and, uh, the Word of God and good literature and, and, uh, the trips that, that we've been blessed to make, they're, they, they are, they're an open people. They are receptive to the Word of God. And, uh, I, I think I shared last year, I don't know, but anyway, there's a, uh, a, a woman there in the Nairobi church, Sister Ivy, and we were talking about baptism, the baptism issue, rebaptism, and, and so she she said, you know, where where in the Bible does anybody ever rebaptize? And so we turned to Acts chapter 19 and, and read it, and she said, well, okay, <laughs> you know, if that's what the, if that's in the Bible, then let's. They have a great respect for the Bible, but they're ignorant of it. They're ignorant of its contents. And so I mean, we've we've got a tremendous work carved out for us, um, but it's a great work. And and for the first time, I've come home. Looking, really, genuinely looking forward to going back the next time. Um, I don't know when that'll be, or who, or if I'll be on the next trip that goes back. I, I don't know how how all that'll work out. But when whoever goes back, the Lord willing, there'll be two churches constituted in in uh, Kenya, one in uh, one in uh, Nairobi, and one in up in Bungoma. And uh, there's a work going on in Uganda. And uh, the pastor, the two preachers from Uganda came over to the preacher's meeting that we had there in Bungoma two days. Very intensive, great uh, time together with 30, 30 men. Um, and uh, many of them the first time they'd ever been exposed to the doctrine of grace. But, you know, when, when, you've got, when you've got a Bible and you put a Bible in their hands, there, there were people there who came without a Bible because they didn't have one. You put a Bible in their hands. And and the doctrine that we love as primitive Baptists, you don't have to go hunting and you know to find it in the Bible. It's it's everywhere. You know, I was amazed. Brother Jimmy got that sermon out of Nehemiah seven. You know, it was and it was a it was just it was perfect. He didn't have to read stuff into that and make stuff up. It, that's what that verse is talking about. And that's uh, and as much as Abraham's the father of the faithful, his his case is our case. So I, I'm uh, I'm extremely. Uh, Extremely optimistic about about the work there. I, I feel I feel really really positive about it. Uh, we've got two excellent ministers there who are who are faithful to the Word of God and and who are knowledgeable of the Word of God. And uh, 
you know, one of the problems there is is uh, the the life expectancy in, in in Kenya. The average life expectancy for men is 46. So, you know, there's not a lot of age to kind of draw on. As a matter of fact, I uh, I'm, I was I was the mase over there, and uh, Brother Walter kept calling, referring to me as mase, the mase. Finally, I asked him. I said, "Well, what 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 exactly is that?" <laughs> He said, oh, it's a, it's a title of great respect. Oh, well, that's good. I said, well, what does it actually mean? He said, well, it means old man. <laughs> okay. So, so Brother Chris, of course, picked up on that. And, and, uh, and the, uh, the children, when you drive down the road, they, they start calling out, Zungu, Zungu. That's, that's the Kiswahili word for white man. So, uh, and, and Chris's, and I imagine Justin's too, mind and, and everybody else's that we were around, I will forever be the, the, the Mzeng Zungu, the, the old white guy. <laughs> so, uh, and I thought, well, I think I resemble that, but anyway. Um, and see, you, you have a part in that, uh, because you've prayed for it, you've, you've, uh, you've, supported this and this kind of work um, financially and um, you know it's it's a uh, it's it's a comfort to me in Ripley to know just to know that Grace Chapel's here it comforts me it strengthens me 70 miles away here's a sister church like-minded believers um, I can come to this church and feel like I'm just right at home I've been coming to this church for 35 years, I reckon, however long y'all have been here. And uh, it's always been a home away from home. And, you know, I was telling the people in Africa about Primitive Baptists. I said, I said, you know, there are churches all over our country, Primitive Baptist churches all over our country. And you can go to any, any one of them, well, most of them, and, uh, and, and you're at home. You're among brothers. You're, 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 among, you're among your family. And now... In the, in the slums of Nairobi, and out some cow path in Bungoma, there's a sister church who who love what we love. And you would go to that go to that church there, that place there, and you would sit down among a people who who uh, well, you know, it's not quite like old Baptist singing. Uh, it's uh, it's it's more like black old Baptist singing. I don't know if you've ever been to a black primitive Baptist church, but we used to go to the one in Atlanta all the time we were kids, and and they were a, they were a good bit more uh, energetic than than uh, our our white churches. But I'm telling you, I didn't I, I don't go over there to make them Americans. I go over there to preach the truth of the gospel to them. And if they want to shuffle their feet and clap their hands, I'm that's I'm not going to say, wait a minute now, that that ain't old Baptist. <laughs> uh, it used to be old Baptist. But I remember the Powell's Valley Association up in East Tennessee. I, those women, they'd run up and down the aisle shouting and waving their hands and scared me to death when I was a kid. Uh, so so uh, this was sedate compared to the Powell's Valley Association. Uh, I don't know if they still do that up there or not, but uh, I, was, I, was, I was a pretty big kid last time I went up to the Powell's Valley Association. Um, matter of fact, we could learn a lot from them. They're just kind of an abandon in their, in their worship and their praise to God. They, they don't have, they don't have hymnals. Uh, they sing these choruses, which, which is good in its place. Um, 
But there's just a, a, a love for the Lord that's, that's sweet and refreshing and, and a blessing. And we don't go over there to, to change the way they do those things. But we, we're over there to preach the truth. Because I believe every, every Christian ought to know that he's a Christian because God loved him before the world began and predestinated him to be conformed to the image of his Son. And every one of those who are foreknown and loved of God, predestinated by God, He calls every one of them out of the darkness of this world and the light of His kingdom. And every one of them, He justifies, He declares every one of them right. That's through the sweet blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and the grace of God. And they embrace that by faith. And every one of them is going to live with God in glory someday. You know what, folks? There's a lot of people in America who don't know that. A lot of Christians in America who don't know that. And you know it. And, and you ought to be telling it. Any chance God gives you, not in a, not in a hateful, con- confrontational way, but in a, in a sweet and loving way, you've got a precious truth that God has given. And it's not just something to be proud of a name on the sign. It's, it's something to rejoice in a truth that I hope God has taught your hearts. And, and so from this church, uh, and from, from our, all of our churches have sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but in all places, uh, our faith is spoken of. In Africa and in India and in the Philippines and who knows whatever other doors uh, God God might open. We had a real special blessing in the, in the Uganda pastor. His name was Bwiri Dismas and and uh, I just loved him. Fell in love with him. His his dear wife. His his I baptized him in December. Um, his uh, his son uh, Frederick. I called him Frederick the Great, uh, just a fine young man, 21 years old. And, and the same thing happened to, to Brother Jeff and the church over there in, in Gadsden that, that happened to us. Some, somebody in the bank over there got a hold of their check, reworked it, and sent it back for 10 times what it was made out for. In our case, we were, we were thankful because our, the, the, the preachers there never handled our check. We sent them directly to the bank by their, by their request. Because they knew how corrupt the whole the whole system is over there. You know, I don't know if you if you listen to national propaganda radio, but um, they've had several things recently on the elections in Kenya, and and uh, they had an election the 27th. They won't, probably won't get all everything counted till for a week. Um, but the the government is is corrupt. I mean, all the way down to the to the bottom. You can't send a letter because the people at the post office will steal it. You can't send a check to the bank because somebody in the bank will steal the check and rework it and send it back. We sent a check for $700. It came back showing 10000 made up some chainsaw company in, in Europe. Uh, and, and you know, there's no, no way of knowing exactly what all happened. If, if we'd been putting these, hand, these checks in the hands of the, those men there, we'd have thought, hmm, I wonder if, what these guys are doing with this. But thankfully, in our case, that wasn't the situation uh, Brother Jeff had given Brother Desmus a check. The same thing happened with him. They reworked the check, sent it back, a $2,000 check, sent it back for 13000 And, uh, so Brother Desmus came to the, to the two days preachers meeting and, uh, in, uh, Bungoma, rode, rode, uh, rode a, uh, an instrument of death. <laughs> it's one of these big, one of these uh, little minivans that they can get 24 people and a chicken in. And I know it because I was in one. I rode from Uganda to Bungoma with 24 people and a chicken. And this, and this, and these, these, uh, 
these drivers are, are I guess they say they're from Kenya, but we know where they're really from. <laughs> they're crazy, man, these guys. So uh, he came over and, and just gave us convincing proofs of, of that he had, it was in no way complicit with this deal and, and showed how that, that uh, the, the woman that in the bank that stole the check and reworked it had a brother that worked in a bank in, uh, in New York and, and uh, they put her in jail. He, he went and complained. They put her in jail and, uh, and, um, and showed, showed what he'd done with the money, got a bill of sale. So, so we, just, we felt just great about that. And, I gave I gave Brother Deismus a hundred dollar bill um, to to help with their expenses and and uh, and um, he showed back up at the hotel two days later and I thought oh, what what was the deal he wrote another one of these instruments of death all the way from Kampala and the hundred dollar bill I'd given him had a little corner torn off torn off the edge I tore it off myself it was hanging on by a little thread I thought you know tore it off put it in a garbage can. And he couldn't get anybody to cash to, 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 to change that into uh, Ugandan shillings because that little coin was torn off. And I, I said, uh, I, I said to Justin and, and, and Chris, I said, would you ride one of those Matatus for, from all the way from Kampala to Bungoma for a hundred dollars? No, I wouldn't, we wouldn't do that. But you know, then to rethink it. What, what do you, what are your, what's your salary for a month? What, what do you make a month? Double it. Would you ride six hours in a matatu for that? I would. I'd, I'd ride six hours, maybe. <laughs> um, you know, fifty dollars a month. That's that's a that's that's a, a very common salary in uh, in Kenya and in Uganda. So uh, I'm gonna let Brother Justin tell what all he wants to tell about it. I just wanted to say, just basically, that the the work is is uh, going as well as as I think we could hope for at this time. We uh, we baptized 32 on this trip, and um, so probably in in uh, in in Kenya there's probably um, 70 baptized believers in Kenya. Probably that many in Uganda. Uh, two two baptized believers in Malawi, which is a country uh, south of of Kenya. It's actually Tanzania is the country just due south, and then Malawi is is uh, on the south uh, west border of uh, of Tanzania. Brother Jeff and Brother Nathan went down there and baptized two preachers uh, back in back in August, and uh, so you know doors are just doors are just opening all over, and and God is God is working in a great way, and and uh, I love I, I love the work. If if I could. If I could, I'd spend half my time there. I would, if, if it was, you know, where I could, go, I could be there from, from Thursday through Saturday. You know, the problem is getting there and getting back. And of course, it's expensive to do, to do that. And, uh, now I really enjoyed Brother Justin. Brother, Brother Jeff, as, as good as he is, he, he's, he's just too picky about his eating. He, he, he just, he, you know, he, he drinks him a can of Slim Fast every morning. And, uh, Poor brother Nathan, he he ate his whole cache of of candy bars the first week, and buddy, he was in trouble the last two weeks. He was mooching off of us after that, and uh, whimpering for a McDonald's. But anyway, <laughs> uh, oh brother Justin, I loved him and Chris. He, they were more adventuresome. We uh, the last day we were in Nairobi, we decided to bite the bullet and just eat what they ate. 
And so we had a bowl of pinto beans and stewed potatoes, and we sat outside the little hut there, and and uh, we got a got a fellow there, been one of our main contact people there. His name's Conrad Wekason. And he just, he just, he just a bad holdout. He's, he's not been baptized yet. He's still got a little bit of this qualm about baptizing in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Ghost. He says, he's still baptized in the name of Jesus and says one that's Pentecostal influence that he's, he's just having a hard time getting washed out. And, uh, cause you know, everywhere in the book of Acts, they baptize in the name of Jesus. And, and so, uh, you know, the way I explained that was, um, in the name of means by the authority of, right? So if you baptize in the name of Jesus, you baptize by going and, tell, and saying what he said to say, right? What did he say to say? Well, Matthew 28, baptize in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. So he's, he's a holy. Anyway, I went out there. We were eating pinto beans and, and stewed potatoes out of a bowl. They did give us a, a spoon, thankfully. And uh, and there was this guy sitting next to him. I didn't I didn't know him that well. So I was I was really trying to talk to Conrad. I said, Conrad... You know, you, you need to you need to be baptized and join in with us. You, you love this doctrine, don't you? Oh yeah, I love I love what you're preaching. We went through this whole business again. <clears throat> this guy was sitting over there. I didn't know he was a holdout too. And uh, and so when we got to the to the to the pool there, uh, Brother Justin baptized the the believers there in uh, Nairobi, and Brother Walter baptized one. And here comes this guy, and uh, everybody was just full of praise because he he was a holdout too. And and uh, that that just that just sweetens everything. And we, when we got up into Bungoma, we were out at a, out of the place called Mateka. And uh, they, we, you know, we decided we were going to eat what they ate. Man, we just we're going to when you're in Africa, do as the Africans do. Except now we want to eat with a spoon or a fork or something. Well, they brought us out this stuff. No spoon, no fork. I look at old Justin and Chris. They look at me. Okay, so we tear off our little piece of bread and we dip in. Thankfully, there wasn't any rice or uh, or uh, ugali. Ugali just looks like congealed grits. <laughs> that's I guess that's what it is. It's it, it's it's a corn-based something or other, and and it it just stuck together there. And they tear off little pieces of it and with bread and dip it down into whatever. And so we we ate with our fingers. <laughs> we had lots of wet wipes though, and we laid with those things all the time. The last day brought out this great big, I mean platter that big around of rice heaped up, little chunks of of beef, and uh, you know some people ask me what what do they eat over there? Well, they eat beef, chicken, goat, pork. The only problem is they wait till those animals are absolutely on their last leg before they kill them and eat them. <laughs> you don't kill a productive one. You you wait till they they about gone, and so uh, we. <laughs> We had a lot of fun eating the eating the beef there, didn't we, Justin? <laughs> anyway, so here, all right, here, here we were sitting around this coffee table in this big platter, and I wondered whose was that. But uh, and then they came in, they stuck oh what seven or eight four uh, spoons all around the edge of there. <laughs> so we were just all sitting around here having all things common. <laughs> so I watched Justin and Chris. They what we we kind of. Marked off our little spot. <laughs> we, we ate a few bits of rice. I even ate a piece of beef, beef that looked pretty appetizing. And uh, then we then we started passing nabs under the table. <laughs> well, then they took that. Uh, when we got, got through with it, I, I mean, it was about 10 kids, 10, little children, 10 or 12. I mean, they, they, they laid it up on the ground. 
and they keep they keep a bunch of orphans there, and it's just in their homes. AIDS has just produced a sea of orphans in 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 Africa. One in five black Africans is HIV positive. Millions have died. Millions more will die in the next in the next few years. It's just a a human tragedy of gargantuan proportions. But anyway, it was it was it, that was really an entertaining sight. They put it on the ground, and these kids just. Whoom, just like a bunch of piranha on a cow or something. And I mean, in within 15 seconds, there was nothing but a few little grains of rice hanging on that, hanging on that plate. And, and I got to do a wedding. They had, we had a wedding and, and, uh, <clears throat> their usual way of taking a wife is, is the man goes talks to this girl's daddy and they work out some kind of agreement. How many cows is she worth? And, uh, so they work up some kind of a, they work up some kind of a deal. And uh, I'll give you so many cows or goats or or whatever. Uh, and usually it's I owe you. I'm afraid that's that's kind of what it is. I, I will I will do this. And once they kind of settle on the the arrangements, then he takes her home and she's his wife. No no ceremony. No just you know that's just kind of the way things are. But they 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 want to have they want to do things. And you know as far as if that's their cultural thing, that's you know I don't. I don't look askance at that, but you know, marriage is a sweet thing. They ought to, they ought to publicly and promise each other. And so they want me to perform this wedding, since I was the Mzee Zungu. <laughs> so I, they, they went out and brought the the groom in. They they accompanied him in to the singing of a children's uh, chorus there, and uh, he was and then had a nice suit on and and had. Uh, Christmas tree garland thing around his neck, you know, one of those tinselly things they put on Christmas trees. He, he had that hung around his neck. And the kids went back out and they, they, they escorted the, 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 uh, the woman back in to the same singing and, and, uh, she was dressed in just a beautiful white, white dress. And, and we had a, we had a wedding. I just made it up. <laughs> and, you know, do you promise to love, love and cherish and all that till you die? And, uh, they, they, they promised all that and I told them the duties of a husband and duties of a wife and, and, uh, so, uh, you know, there's no, there's no certificate, no, you know, this, this was just a nicety kind of a thing that they, that they have there. So, um, I'll just let Brother Justin tell whatever he wants to, I already told all the fun stuff. Yeah, um, they didn't sing that song a whole lot this time, but uh, I've, I've, we've sung it here before. I know it was, but our, our favorite song this time was uh, "Jesus is the Winner and Satan is the Loser." I'll let you teach it to them. <laughs> oh, we had the best time. We were all the time singing that song, and uh, the song is just a simple chorus. It, it says, uh, "I know it was the blood." I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood for me. And uh, they kind of lined the song in a way, um, since it's just a simple chorus, you know what I mean, line. The leader will sing out whatever is supposed to be sung, and then they will respond and, and sing it. And uh, so uh, whatever I sing, you just sing, and we'll just keep on. And then when we get through with that, I'll call out something else, and we'll, we'll sing it. That's, that's, that's just their common way of, of singing. I know it was, I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood, I know it was the blood, 
I know it. We'll sing it. We'll just sing it together here. No, we're not doing this right. You, when, after I start off, don't sing what I just sang. Sing what I'm fixing to sing, okay? <laughs> sing along with me, okay? I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood for me. One day when I was lost, he died upon the cross. I know it was the blood for me. I know it was his grace. I know it was his grace. I know it was his grace for me. One day when I was lost, he died upon the cross. I know it was his grace for me. I know it was his love. I know it was his love. I know it was his love for me. One day when I was lost, he died upon the cross. I know it was his love for me. I know it was his uh, blood. I know it was his blood. I know it was his blood for me. One day when I was lost, he died upon the cross. I know it was his blood for me. And that's a, a sanitized Western version. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share with a friend. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord.